0: Hey, it's the top of the list podcast where we talk about the biggest stories that well you want to know and what we want to talk about today on the podcast we're going to talk about
1: him and kanye's big divorce
0: also the debate between what's cool between gen zers and millennials
1: and we'll dive into the free britney movement and that documentary
0: and wrap everything up as we always do with what to watch here on the top of the list podcast with scott and ashton Our breaking news that probably should have broke much sooner. Kim and uh, Kanye. Kimye. Kim Kardashian. Kanye West are officially done. Kim Kardashian has filed for divorce after what?
1: Nine years, Ashton? Seven. Actually, I looked it up, but they were probably, it felt longer longer for all of us. Right, right, right. I can only imagine for her. Well, I mean, she's used to
0: what marriages lasting 72 hours. So,
1: (laughs) so this was a huge, huge, uh, this lasted a a lifetime for her. Yes, it has. Yeah. They've, they've called it quits. Um, I don't think too many people are surprised, uh, probably least of all Kanye. He actually back in, uh, what was it, September, whenever he was having some issues going out in the political trail.
0: He was running for president. And when he was asked some hard hitting questions, he talked on the subject about possibly aborting a pregnancy that they were having. And a lot of people thought that she was going to pull the trigger then. But yeah, instead, she showed support, said that she um, couldn't force him to get help or anything like that, but wanted to rally support around her husband.
1: Which is admirable, but at the same time, I think at that point, she probably also knew that the, the clock was ticking when it came to their marriage because it was about North. That's their firstborn child. And the fact that he even brought their daughter into it as a topic of discussion during his campaign trail is just completely shocking to me. Um, and I think a lot of people thought at that point she was going to go ahead and just file because uh, I don't think that they were the peak of a uh, healthy relationship at that point. And then I think he brought in Chris with like Twitter and stuff. I mean, it, he was it's tweeting gotta
0: be, It's got to be, it's got to be difficult because I mean, let's say that that uh, let's take what he said at face value and let's say that they did have that conversation. OK, And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. OK, you do whatever you want. It's your marriage, whatever. But to say that in the digital media landscape that we live in and, and your children can and will hear this is crazy town. To me, to not think about that, like when you're as media conscious as the two of them are, to say something that will get back to your children and that could have irreparable harm to their psyche long term. Can you imagine that if your parents were to say, "Oh yeah, we thought about getting rid of you"?
1: No, That's insane. No, not at all. And as a mother, your first instinct and the the number one instinct you have is to protect your kids. So yeah that that whole thing was was just. I felt for her at that point. And then, you know, with with the tweets that he was tweeting at Chris Jenner saying that he was keeping, you know, kids away from him and trying to lock him up and things. It just got it was really spiraling out of control. So February rolls around now. We see that they're split. We see she's filed for divorce. She is going to seek joint custody which i think is very fair right uh he's been living in wyoming allegedly she's she's in la she's been in la with the kids um so i don't think that she's trying to take away his right as a father i think she's doing uh, a good thing uh by joining by by filing for joint custody um but let's also talk about the timing of all of this do we think it's a little suspect
0: I mean, everything the Kardashian-Jenner clan does appears to be suspect. But why do you feel like this particular one is suspect?
1: Well, okay. So the final season, this is the big 20th season, final. They're not doing it again, allegedly. We'll we'll see in right. five years.
0: Until they need a paycheck. Yeah,
1: exactly. But let's say this is the final season. They tend to do this um, when, when the drama surrounding... Chloe's baby daddy happened. That was right before the season finale or season season premiere. This is going to be right before the final season, which is going to premiere on March 18th. So about a month before. So it's, it's getting everyone talking, not that they need too much to stir the the fire there because people talk about the Kardashians all the time, but this is, this is a big, this is a big story. And I think they do this as a way of maybe Protecting their narrative in a way so that the not only our viewers going to be more apt to watching, but they can have more of their side to it, which I mean, we all would want that you as a celebrity, I imagine it's very frustrating to read stuff about yourself and you can't actually go out and show your life to the world. Well, they have that privilege. They can. And so I think this might help the ratings because the ratings for the Kardashians have gone down over the last year um, or two. But this time around, I think it's going to help the ratings uh, bump up quite a bit. And I think it's going to help him probably process all of this.
0: Well, and also it becomes uh, more real life drama opposed to what a lot of people perceived it as manufactured drama. Oh, absolutely, in, in the past. So they say life imitates art. I feel like with the Kardashians, their life imitates soap operas. Okay, if you look at the course of the twenty years that they've been doing this show and the crazy changes that have happened on this show, it, if I were to tell you, oh well. Uh, one of them is going to have a 72 hour marriage and then she's going to marry a rapper. She's going to have kids. One, He's going to run for president and then they're going to divorce. Oh, and her dad is now going to transition into a woman. Her sister is going to marry a basketball player. He's going to have a drug problem, marry a bunch or go with a bunch of other basketball players. And now she looks like a completely different person. And let's not even talk about the Scott Disick situation. That sounds like it could be a soap opera. That sounds for like sure. something, somebody wrote in a room somewhere but this is real life for sure
1: yeah well and I think that's why people watch it so often and that's why they've been so successful I mean they're they're the most successful arguably the most successful family in Hollywood and they have been for years because their life is something that I don't think any even writer in Hollywood could create Unless they were doing a crazy soap opera type story.
0: Do you think they have writers that sit around and think about for the direction of their lives? Like, you know, people would really think, Kim, if you were to do this, people would really like this.
1: I think her name is Kris Jenner. I think Kris Jenner (laughs) is a very smart woman, Mm -hmm. very business savvy, but she's gotten her kids, all of them, for the most part, other than Rob, on the map Um, So, yeah, I think Chris has a huge role in the way and the direction that people um, that that each of her kids go in. I think that everything that they do Mm -hmm. is run by Chris as far as run by Chris. I guess I should say Chris has the the input that they they all probably desire. And I think she's kind of probably the puppet master behind the whole thing. But why wouldn't she be? I mean, it's gotten her this far. It's gotten them all this far. I say, how much do you think, how
0: much do they think they pay Chris? 10, 20, 30%.
1: I would say, gosh, I think they might've talked about this on the show at one point. I would, I think a conservative answer would be like 10 or 15%, but it could be, it could be higher than that. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't imagine having my mom be my manager. I don't know.
0: Your mom's pretty awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't think anybody would want their own mother to be the manager. However, with her, Track record of success. I think they're all in a good spot now. I will want. I do want to point out something that I think um, for me is a real. I, I just don't feel a lot of people maybe give Kim enough credit for, or they just didn't see it going in this direction. And it's the lost the 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 law route that she's taken on. Um, she's not going to law school, but she's doing kind of an apprenticeship, and then she will eventually take the bar exam, and that's something that you can do in California. Um, she has been pivotal with the justice project and getting the release of countless uh, inmates who've been imprisoned for many, many, many years. And how so, many
0: has she gotten out to date?
1: So to date, I'm not sure, but when I looked up uh, as of 2020, it was over 17. Oh, good so for that's, her. that's, that's a lot. I mean, that's admirable and she's doing a lot um, in the community. And I think When you look at her business with Skims, which is her clothing line, and, you know, you see kind of this persona of the fashionista, someone who really takes pride in the way she looks. You kind of see a surface level version of her. But I think when we really dig down and we can see this side of her, and I hope they highlight that more in the 20th season, because I really, really want to see more of that side of Kim. Um, She's extremely intelligent she has a great heart. I think you can tell that from even just the years of watching her on the Kardashians, but just what she's done with the the justice project. So um, I'm hoping that the divorce from Kanye goes smoothly and that she can focus in on her passion, which I do think is social justice. So if
0: she goes out, passes the bar exam, becomes an attorney, can she represent herself in the divorce? (laughs)
1: She probably could. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, she could pull an El Woods, you know.
1: Well, the good thing about that, though, she also has a huge team of people that she's been working with for a long time and they have all the connections. And, you know, even if she she wasn't, she has she has the money to get good lawyers. But she law
0: runs in the family. Her dad helped get O.J. off. I mean, mean, this is I should tell you right there. If she's half the lawyer, her dad is She's really probably one of the best lawyers of all time.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I I think it's really, really neat. I think the direction she's going is really, really um, wonderful. And I hope that she continues down the path. And I really hope that we see more of that side. I, I'm i trying to get away from the superficial. We all know that she's one of the most beautiful women on earth and she's a great business woman. But I just really want them to hone in on, on her intellect. I really do. I think she's going to be. Very smart. All right.
0: It's time to talk about Britney Spears. Um, you turned me on to this documentary, uh, Free Britney, which was done by the New York Times. And I've got to say. What?
1: On Hulu for anyone who, who wants to watch. Yeah. It, it's really good. It's like uh, an hour and
0: 14 minutes. And it's so um, thought provoking because I would have never thought that I would have felt this Uh, passionate about what's happening to Britney Spears, because much like anybody else in 2007, I wrongfully thought, "Ah, she's just crazy. That's not the case. She has been stuck in a conservatorship by her father since then to this day. Now, let's do a quick check. 2007, this is the year 2021. Yeah. That's 14 years. Hmm. All right. So and during that time, her as her dad has had control over her money, her life, her livelihood, whether or not she can see her children. All of those things are under his control. So from that has come the Free Britney movement. Now, Ashton, you have been deep diving into the Free Britney movement since we watched the documentary.
1: Yes, I have. I I, I think it's really interesting. Um, I from the documentary, there's a just thousands upon thousands of, of free Britney, of uh, followers or, or, um, Supporters who actually go to these court hearings and mm-hmm. stand outside and um, have signs. And they they really are very invested. And I can say after this documentary, I think that's just going to grow exponentially after that. And it's not just like the guy that leaves Britney alone. It's not <laughs> no. just that
0: guy. These are just normal, normal people, people. Who, who care about her well-being.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the documentary kind of opens up and we see her as this, you know, rising star, this beautiful girl who who really just I mean, if you were a a child of the 90s, I mean,
0: she you, was a child star. She was on star search. I mean, yeah. she grew up through the ranks, went to New York city, hit it big. Yeah. I mean, I loved how they're talking about her playing malls and no yeah. one came to see her. And then all of a sudden they were getting flooded at these After little baby bitty hit me one more
1: time. Yeah. yeah. She was just a household name. And I can tell you, you know, I, and when she came about in the late nineties, I was, that was, I was the target audience. I was mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12, you know? And so, um, she, was, you know, was this mega star and it's just crazy to see kind of how things shifted. She never had a great relationship with her father. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the documentary highlighted that. Um, but then you can kind of see things start to take a turn. Um, and now looking back at some interviews, which we'll go into here in a minute, but some of the interviews back in the early two thousands versus how the interviews would be conducted now is just totally different. Oh Uh, and so I think she She's been kind of controlled for a lot of her professional life, um, and then of course with her breakdown in 2007, uh, her father was able to kind of take that conservatorship. And now this free Britney movement, um, people are are looking at her Instagram. Instagram is the only place really where Britney is actively connecting with fans right now, um, whether it be with kind of bizarre dances staring into the camera, kind of putting her head to either side. Um, if you go to her Instagram and just even scroll just a few, you can kind of see it's it's a little bizarre.
0: Well, because it's the only place that she has free reign to communicate the way she wants. Because if you think about it, when it becomes to her business and her public facing image, her dad has control over that. Yeah. And, and she has stopped working in protest until her conservatorship has been been lifted yeah that's why you've not seen another residency or another tour or any new music
1: no and i would also argue and that that's something that some of the the free britney um folks talk about too is that she might not even have full control for instagram because there was one situation where she was working out with her boyfriend and at one point you can hear him kind of mouth to her smile and she visibly kind of looks shaken up and then smiles at the camera like And and, and sometimes it also looks like she's reading cue cards behind the camera. So they have kind of deciphered some of these weird things where she might be possibly sending out messages to people, signals to people. They're even saying like some of the, you know, colors that she wears or the flowers that she shows. They're getting really, really into breaking down each aspect of these um, Instagram posts. So. You know, who knows at this point? She, she very well could be, you know, sending out messages. We just don't really. You so know, I
0: haven't gone out. as far down the rabbit hole has, as you have. OK. And I first saw about this in the documentary and I thought that mm, it seems like a little bit of a stretch because they were like trying to pick up on colors in different memes and things that she would be posting, but then you see a video of her and you can see it in her eyes. That's the part that kind of made me think like maybe something's there. Like you can almost see her like calling out for help in her eyes. And that's the part that kind of got me like, maybe there is something to this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think no matter, no matter what way you kind of cut the situation, it's sad I don't think anybody, especially someone in their late 30s like her, she wants control over her life. I mean, who just wouldn't? like any normal person. <laughs> who want? I mean, my goodness. And the thing that the documentary was talking about is that this conservatorship, it's it's something that you sign, but it's very hard to get out. Almost of. impossible. So she is in a really hard situation um, where she is trying to make, basically plead her case to have just autonomy over herself in her life, which is something that we all take for granted. We all have that over, you know, we have the free will to do what we'd like to do. And just to see someone um, who is as famous as she is, who, who's as rich as she is, even though she probably doesn't have access to that money, mm-hmm. um, go be, be so chained down by another human being. It's just, it's heartbreaking. And I think this, uh, podcast or this not podcast, but the, the documentary, I think totally brought things to light and people who weren't necessarily part of the free Britney movement before, or even a huge Britney Spears fan. I think if you've watched the documentary, your heart goes out to her and you know, we just hope that something comes, comes from this. Um, you had mentioned something about what happened last week with her father.
0: So the conservatorship has been shifted in a way. They have added on a bank as a 50-50 partner with the conservatorship. So instead of it just being 100% where her father, Jamie Spears, gets to make all the decisions, now a independent financial institution also has a say. So it has to be greenlit by both parties. And most legal experts say that this is the beginning of the end of Jamie Spears' uh, relationship in the conservatorship. Or at least that's what they're hoping. So they're hoping to get the financial or independent financial institution in there. And this is something that Britney has asked for for years and is seen as a huge victory in the free Brittany movement.
1: Yeah. And I think also her dad last week had wanted to go to court to basically... Um Contest this right. to say that he does not want a co-conservator, um, but well, that was the, the
0: worst part about this is when Britney Spears tries to challenge any of this, and if she loses, guess who has to foot the bill for the attorney on both sides? Britney Spears. Yeah. So it's... any court challenge, any legal movement that you're trying to make, guess who's footing the bill? Britney Spears. He's not even paying for his own attorneys. Mm-mm.
1: No, it's, it's wrong on so many levels and I just can't understand as a parent and I'm going to bring in that aspect of it because I just, I really can't, I can't imagine as a parent you would ever do anything that would, um, I don't know. Would harm your kid the way that he is harming her? I mean, if he's truly concerned for her and her well-being, there's other ways to go about this. But 14 years under a conservatorship, that seems way too long, especially
0: for someone at her age. And she seems like maybe she made a mistake in 2007 and went off the deep end. But you know what? You're allowed to make mistakes.
1: Oh, yeah. And you know what? I can't blame her after what I saw in that documentary. I'm like, I don't know how anybody wouldn't have have had a a breakdown at that point. She has gone through so much. And um, at this point, you know, if she's well enough to to have that residency a few years back in in Vegas and make millions upon millions and millions of dollars, she's well enough to, to have her life back.
0: So the big things that I took away from the documentary were the villains. So the obvious villain is the father in the situation who seems to be taking advantage of his daughter for her money. Um, But also the media, because we only saw Britney Spears's story through the lens of the paparazzi. We only saw it that way. And we saw her shave her head and, you know, smash a, umbrella into an SUV. But if you were to zoom out from that and then see the sea of people that are around you everywhere you go, you can't even go. What struck me the most was a scene where she was sitting in a booth at a just a normal looking Mexican restaurant. And she's got 20 photographers around. Could you imagine having 20 people watching you eat chips and salsa?
1: No, it'd be a nightmare.
0: It absolutely (laughs) would drive anyone bonkers. I mean, I I don't blame Britney Spears at all. I think I would have handled it way worse than how she handled it. So you've got the dad and you've got the paparazzi. But after this aired, it seemed like everyone, because there was a section on Justin Timberlake, it seemed like everyone wanted to cling on and take a shot at Justin Timberlake in what they say his role was in her downfall. Yes. Now let's recap. They were America's sweetheart. They wore the denim suit and the win- denim dress to the VMAs. He broke up with her or, or yeah, he broke up with her lightly insinuated that she cheated on him. And then in his music video, used people that look kind of like her to kind of fit that narrative. That was Crimea river, right? Crimea river. And I believe there was one other one. Yeah. So here's my problem with that. Do I am I the biggest Justin Timberlake fanboy by any means? No, but I feel like this is a tactic that every pop star has used across their career. I mean, if you're going to take down Justin Timberlake for talking crap about his ex and making music about him, well, you better come for Taylor Swift, too.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. So let me just put this out there. I am not a Justin Timberlake fan,
0: right? You, I would say almost you were an anti. Um,
1: I would say I actually do enjoy some of his music, his, some right. of his songs. But you think him as a I person is of not very good. I think him as a good. person. I, I just, I've not liked him for a, a while. So even before the this Britney documentary, not a huge fan. Um, but in saying that, after watching this, it makes me even more angry at him because, yes. Why does he, what,
0: why, what about it makes you angry? I'd love to know okay, this. Okay,
1: so yes, I think... As an artist, and I use that term loosely with him because I feel like he doesn't write his own music. But anyway, as wow! An, <laughs> shots fired. As an artist, I think you have every right to take personal experience and use it in music, one hundred percent. And I wasn't even that. Even I wasn't even upset at the. Um, actress in that music video who looked very similar to Britney Spears that didn't bother me so much and it wasn't even the the music itself that bothered me it was his interviews and let's just point this out he mm-hmm. was a young 20-year-old guy right. and not to be not to generalize here but a lot of young 20-year-old guys the douchebag uh, yeah exactly well my big my big thing was he went on i think it was Howard Stern And, or maybe it was another.
0: And they asked him if he had had sex with Britney Spears.
1: Because for some reason, uh, a a lot of these adults are very into asking if these teenage. Girls
0: were virgins.
1: It's bizarre and and something that would not fly now. At least I would hope not. But but, but.
0: it was so, it, it stuck out so much to me in the documentary, like. Wait, that's okay for you to ask, and then I, because I, I can remember it. I remember thinking, "Oh, yeah, well, is she a virgin?" And we used to judge people, yeah. young women, by that standard. How messed up is that?
1: Yeah, it's it's horrible, and to, to that we even entertain uh, entertain that? that idea. And so, you know, that's such a personal thing, anyway. And so, she was bombarded with questions about her purity and virginity constantly, which is one. Totally creepy and inappropriate. And
0: then there was that whole thing about does she have fake boobs? Can you imagine that now? If someone no. were to ask a young pop star if she was a virgin and if no. she had plastic surgery, who
1: cares? We we have a, lo- a long way to go, but we've come we've come far since that day. Yes. So uh, there were a couple of things that just I think she was highlighted as this. Um, virginal, pure girl at the beginning of her career. And then, of course, they asked Justin, um, well, you know, did you did you smash that kind of they they asked him if he had had sex with with her. And he kind of coyly said, yeah, okay, I did it. and laughed and they laughed. and you know, I coming from a, a girl's perspective, no one batted an eye at him in this. They then looked at her in a different way. Um, He basically threw out their private moment. um, And it wouldn't have been a big deal, maybe. They probably wouldn't have even asked him about it, but they'd asked her and hounded her about her virginity for so long that now it was like the topic of conversation with him all the time. Um, And so to me, it just seemed really icky and and. Yes, he's a young, dumb, 20-year-old dude. uh, But I just didn't feel like he, that was respectful. I don't care how mad you are at someone. I just couldn't imagine. um, He knew what he was doing, I guess is what I'm saying. He knew that that is something that her persona was Mm -hmm. really heavily relied on. um, And I don't think it necessarily hurt her, but um, I just, I didn't like that interview. And then- you know, whenever Barbara, Barbara Walters, or was it, gosh, it was Diane Sawyer. It, I Diane think. Sawyer. It was Diane Sawyer. She also got flack. Um, people like were tweeting at her um, mm-hmm. after watching this documentary because she had asked Brittany, what did you do to you know make him so upset? So really shifting the blame. Brittany got a mm-hmm. lot of crap over this Justin a Timberlake stuff. A lot of people
0: threw Britney Spears under the
1: bus. And-, and yeah. And now I think everyone's looking back at hindsight and looking and saying, wow, what in the world? Like our viewpoints at that point, at that time are just so different than it is now. Um, and then, you know, it, they they also brought up the fact that Justin Timberlake during the whole Janet Jackson situation at the um, Super Bowl, uh, that whole situation got brought up in the um, social media. Yes. Sphere. Yes. And talking about how his career didn't go down the drain. In fact, it kind of elevated it. And Janet Jackson was like banned from going to award shows, kind of derailed her so career a bit as well. It just. I agree
0: with you on all your points. But my thing that I would say here is the way that that went down is not Justin Timberlake's fault. Did he benefit he, from it?
1: Absolutely. But he but, could have shut it down. That's my thing. Is he? While it might not have been. That
0: is the media's fault. That is the media's perception of how they feel felt like they could treat young women and how they would put, position them in a horrible, absolutely atrocious manner. But then to say that Justin Timberlake should have the presence
1: of mind at twenty, twenty-one. I think that he could have done more. And I think that's what people were saying is, yeah, the media, of course, was at fault. No, no 30, 40-year-old uh, DJ or interviewer should be asking a 19-year-old girl if she's a virgin. That should have been something should that- should go to jail for that. 100% shut down, that's disgusting, you're a creep and you're a perv. And was Justin Timberlake an immature douchebag kid? Yes, but my thing is, at some point, he saw that he was benefiting, especially, you know, when you talk about the Janet Jackson and the Britney Spears stuff. He never lost any followers from it. He never lost fans. He never lost deals. He benefit from it, benefited from it. I think he could have done more to squash the chaos surrounding the Janet situation and the Britney situation. It just seemed just calculated to me. I felt like he could have done more. And I think that's what people demanded. Now he has apologized. Right. People are not happy with that apology either. They think it's a little too late. Well,
0: also I think you guys are um, expecting a little too much from the intellect of Justin Timberlake.
1: Oh, well, I don't know. I, I feel like we need to expect more from, from guys sometimes because I feel like if we keep letting And don't get me on my soapbox here. (laughs) We have to have higher expectations for people. We have to have higher expectations for entertainers, especially, in my opinion, because they are. Whether we think that they're smart or not, they are role models to a lot of people. And Justin Timberlake, especially his music. Oh my gosh, kids go crazy for "Happy." I mean, what's that? Was one of the number one songs for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's really hard to man, woman, you know, anybody at that age, you can't for them to be socially conscious enough to understand that this person's hurting. I need to do everything I can to stop that while I'm also simultaneously benefiting. I I mean, that's a very complicated.
1: Don't you think it could have happened before the, the documentary came out and he was being chastised by the public? I mean, yes, at 20 years old, maybe he, but we, but we learn and we grow. So at 25, at 30, at 35, could he have come out and said something? But should you
0: go back and atone for the mistakes you made when you were 20? If it were public,
1: maybe I would. I'm just saying you're in the public eye. These are public figures. This was something, I mean, that Super Bowl situation is something that's going to never not be talked about when the Super Bowl comes up each year. People talk about uh, it today. Yeah,
0: but here's the deal. That was 100% calculated. That was 100%. They planned that. They didn't. It wasn't like, oh, I put my your hand was up there. You pulled that off, bro. And Janet
1: Jackson knew you were going to do it. I don't know if she did. I really don't know. If, uh, I don't d- know if I believe Ashton, that she do did. Do you know how Close I don't work. I, I know that you it, don't have a eject button for the boob. I don't like it's just it's like it's attached. I'm sure. But I don't think that she knew that her nipple would be exposed. Now, that may be the case.
0: You know, there may have been like a, a pasty that was on there and then it may got stuck to the yeah. other side or something like that. But Janet either Jackson way, and Justin Timberlake and the production crew and everybody involved knew exactly what was going to happen there.
1: And either way, even if it was planned and she was supposed to have a pasty. Why did we just totally slut shame her? Oh, the, I mean, they that just the totally I, vilified her as this terrible person. And, oh, kids are watching this. How could you do this? It was never on him. Well,
0: well then that was the thing I didn't understand because uh, I don't remember seeing her hand pull the... Yeah, pull the patch off. It was a hundred percent his hand.
1: Yeah, can we please start making people take accountability for their actions?
0: Well, honestly, the person who should be accountable for it are two people: the choreograph, the uh, choreographer, and the the production director of the Super Bowl halftime show. Because yes. those are the people who planned those things. It yeah. wasn't Justin Timberlake and Justin or and Janet Jackson. Yeah.
1: Well, at the end of the day, I. I'm not a Justin fan. I I can't be. I think he is just. Rude. Is it because his
0: hair looked like ramen noodles? Is that what did it for That's, you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's about a third of the reason. No, I'm just kidding. No, I just he's not my favorite. But I guess to to wrap up this point, watch the watch Free Britney on Hulu. You know, see what you think about it. And um, I think most people who watch it, I would I would reckon 99% of people who watch that they're going to, to really side with Britney on this. Um, but I don't know, we'll see. It was a great documentary and I hope they come out with more and I hope that she finally gets uh, her life back. We'll, we'll be on the lookout for it this year, I guess. So one
0: last thing before we go into what we're watching, um, Gen Z's are pissing me off. I just want to take. <laughs> me take. too. Okay, this is the top of the list, I think, for both of us. Yeah. Uh, they're coming for all the things we love. Saying yeah. the things that we love to do are now uncool and make us old.
1: Are we. Are we also old because we don't like the younger generation now? I mean, I think that they might be a little bit right, but man, it just (laughs) makes me so mad. They're
0: coming for the side part. Okay. They're coming for skinny jeans. They're coming
1: for all the things. The laughing emoji. Oh, the laughing emoji. Yeah, I'm I, there's so one confused. thing
0: they did come for that I, I kind of agree with. Uh, the phrase "I did a thing."
1: Oh, I, 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 I agree with that. I, that can go okay. There there are certain things that they have have brought to light that I do agree with. What
0: the hell's wrong with the laughing emoji? What did the laughing emoji ever do to you?
1: Exactly. I don't I don't get that one. And let me also say this middle part side part thing. As a woman with long hair, I have done both, and I will say here lately. I've dabbled on the middle part a little bit, but man, it is for people to think that the side part is not cool anymore. I'm just so shocked by that. It is something that majority of the people I hang out with have. And it's just such a weird, I don't know. I I guess I'm, I'm blown away by the uh, by the hairstyle aspect of of middle part versus,
0: listen. Side. Let's not act Gen Zers like you invented the middle part. Guess what?
1: We had it first. We had
0: it back in the day. JTT rocking yeah. it. Sean yeah. from Boy Meets World rocking the middle yeah. part. But you know what happened? They grew up. They went through puberty, and they started rocking a normal hairdo. They didn't do the middle part. Yeah, because
1: became an adult. Let me just say too, the middle part is great if you have a perfectly symmetrical face. It's oh, wonderful. Yeah. But you know what? Most, if most people, ninety nine percent of people, probably don't have a symmetrical face, and so it just highlights the weirdness. And the asymmetry mm-hmm. of a face. So it's just it's it's nothing that crazy. It's nothing to really get all worked up about, but damn it, I'm worked up about it and I can't I, help it.
0: And I never thought I'd be this mad about skinny jeans. Like I hate I fought skinny jeans for the longest time. I'm not doing skinny jeans and now it's almost all I own.
1: I know. I know. And and I'm conflicted on this one because I do kind of like the mom jean thing. I hate absolutely. Every guy hates the mom. Oh. By the way, yes, my husband as well. He just, he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that they're bringing back the mom gene thing. Cause that was a phase in the nineties as well. Gen Z we've done it where, you know, we, we had the mom gene, but I will say, it looks like every girl's wearing a diaper to me. That's why I don't like mom. I will genes. say it covers, it covers some things that a lot of girls are probably You know, more self conscious about. So I'm kind of okay with the mom jean thing. I'll tell you though, if they bring back low ride jeans, I will riot. Why? Low-rise jeans—you have to basically be ninety pounds, not a bit of fat on you, to That's rock true. those things. You can't sit comfortably in in low-rise jeans. Also, remember back in the early two thousands when girls would pull up their thongs. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, we cannot, we can't bring that back. We can't.
0: So, so it, what would you? What's your message you would give to a Gen Zer right now that says that you're old and busted and well, not cool anymore?
1: Gen Zs. I'm not going to hate on you as hard as some of the other millennials, but I will say we have done this. We have, we have gone through these fashion trends. We've done the chokers. We've done the tight little, uh, sweaters with the big clunky shoes and you guys are rocking it for now. And you guys think it's a new hip thing, but we've done it before, I guess just, Try to experiment. Try to come up with your own um, fashion sense. And I guess we can't be too mad. Every generation kind of recycles old generational uh, Mm -hmm. fashion trends. But... Don't come for us is what I'm saying. Don't, don't call millennials out for, for what we do now, because we've already done all the things that you've, that you're doing now. Well, here's what I just Suck it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Unless you're going to come, unless you're going to come back with some Jinko jeans and some yes. Doc Martens, I don't want to hear it. You have to fully commit.
1: Yeah. Fully commit to the nineties. Do all that. And then in about a year or two, tell us, tell us how it worked out. That's what I'd like to say about that. All right. What to watch is next. Hey, let's do it. All right. Let's wrap up today's
0: pod with the things that we love to watch. Um, The show that I've watched and fallen in love with has got to be Mr. Ted Lasso. I have to say that this is a show that I didn't think I was going to like. Matter of fact, when I watched the trailer, I thought, that looks dumb. That looks hokey. But I got real bored during quarantine and thought, nah, I'm going to give it a go. And let me tell you, you fall in love with Jason Sudeikis' Ted Lasso. He's, American, he's an American football coach plucked from... Appalachian state to go manage a English football team, real football, not American football. Okay, and he's this Southern, almost hokey, got a a Southern saying for everything, but he's so down to earth and hokey that you just can't help but root for him. He's the underdog that has no chance of winning, but somehow makes you fall in love with him.
1: Yeah. I think that's good. And I think that's probably what a lot of us need right now. We need someone like coach Lasso to, to just coach our lives and be that, that inspirational voice because 2020 has been hard.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> it was so hard. He's just a lovable loser, man. And I, I, I'm here for it. You know, like yeah. I, I'll, I i can not wait. Season two is coming out at, uh, later this summer and Man, I I don't know where the hell they're going to go with it because it's going to be very difficult. But
1: did it leave a cliffhanger at the end of season one? Absolutely. Nice. Well, I'll have to check it out. Uh, James and I, my husband, we watched a few episodes and I I, I, he is a very likable character. And right now we're we're searching for a good right before bed nighttime show so that might be does that <laughs> yeah, sound old, yes, so old <laughs> my stories yeah. we gotta have a good story I gotta story. put on my sleep cap and my <laughs> face mask I don't want to get more wrinkles okay but you guys know what I mean you watch these heavy ass shows and right now we're re-watching uh, we, we just finished Yellowstone which I'm about to talk about and we're re-watching Handmaid's Tale those those are heavy shows Yeah, yeah. you have got to decompress with like an office or a Parks and Rec and unfortunately James and I have Watched both the Office and Parks and Rec ten times each, and I'm not exaggerating. So we're trying to find something new, and we might have to do Ted Lasso. It's it's
0: very light viewing, very happy.
1: Yes, I think I think that'll be our next um, our next series. So I want to talk about Yellowstone because this has kind of taken taken everyone by storm or taken, taken TV by storm a little bit. And I get that they're on their third season or they just finished their third Mm -hmm. season. But I think with the quarantine and with all of this going on, it's actually caused a ton of people to just start binging from the first season and so we just started it about a month ago and we binged all three seasons very quickly. Um, and you've watched this, I think. Correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, you have described it as hillbilly succession.
1: Yes. Okay, for anyone who's ever watched Succession, which is a wonderful show on HBO, you should definitely watch it. That is a very highbrow, high class um, v- version. Yellowstone is more of the redneck version to me of Succession. Mm-hmm. It is about a power struggle between siblings. These are siblings. They're in their thirties and forties. Um, their dad, Kevin Cosner, which by the way is in his sixties and somehow has the sex appeal of like a 20 year old. Cause I am very turned <laughs> on by him. <laughs> I can't help it. He's very attractive, but, um, he owns this mega ranch. I mean, it's the Yellowstone, his, ranch. The Yellowstone ranch. It is larger than Rhode Island. Yeah. They said it, it's huge. And so the, the whole premise of the show is everyone wants his land or corporations are wanting to build on his land and Native Americans are wanting their land back. And so it's his family's struggle to try to keep the land in, in the family name. And it's just a really, really well-written show. It gives you the perspective of the Native Americans who, you know, that, that was their land originally. Oh, yeah. and. One of the uh, sons, and I'm not giving anything away. this is in the trailers, but one of the sons is married to a Native American woman on the show. And so there's just a lot of layers to it. And I was pleasantly surprised. I'm not into outdoorsy type shows. I don't know how to I mean it's not like it's not it's not typically something that I would ever. Turn on. But my dad had recommended it. We'd heard a lot about it just on social media platforms and we tried it out. And after the first episode, we were hooked.
0: It's very easy to get hooked to. Now, let me tell you, this is what I would call peak trash TV. Okay. It is not the best made show. Ever, it's it is a pretty decently made show. It has some holes, but it's like uh, very addicting. Like you watch one episode and you're like, no, 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 I need to watch more. You just want to shove all the episodes in your face yes. at once.
1: Yeah, there are plot holes and there are things that are going to leave you scratching your head at times. I feel like sometimes
0: they forget about
1: characters or forget about <laughs> plot lines. It's not that it's well written in the way that the story is captivating. It's not Breaking Bad. You know, so when I say Breaking Bad, I mean, Breaking Bad is one of the most well-written things that's ever existed on television, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because everything was talked. Everything was, every puzzle piece was put into place. With Yellowstone, you have to take it as this is major entertainment. You're going to get sucked in. You do care about the characters and where they end up. And it's just... um it's addicting and I cannot wait. I think everyone is on pins and needles ready for season four. And I believe that's coming out this summer as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hoping that they get it done in time. So I don't think I can wait much longer and they just greenlit a prequel series.
1: Yes. I saw that.
0: That's going to be on Paramount plus, which is I used to be CBS all access. Look at me being a nerd. No (laughs) one, my TV How many
1: streaming platforms will there be by the end of this year? Do you think?
0: I mean there's already it gotta be a hundred. I mean
1: And I you know, this I, I'm just I'm I'm tired of having to buy subscriptions to all of these streaming platforms. I, I we were just talking about this the other day. It is absolutely insane. We have Hulu, we have HBO Go, we have Peacock, we have Netflix. I mean what we have Showtime, we have all these uh network Cable network uh, mm-hmm. channels are getting their own platforms for streaming networks. And I'm like, I, I don't know how many more we we want to buy.
0: I've got an idea. Take a box. OK, it's got access to all the streaming services. All right. And then you just pay me like $150 a month. Okay. okay. And I'll run a cable from the box to your TV and you can just change it. You've got access to everything.
1: You know what? I would actually do that because it would take the headache out of the whole thing. (laughs) And I honestly don't know why a Jeff Bezos of the world doesn't just buy out all. And don't come for me with the capitalism stuff here, hear me out. I just want one base rate that I pay where I have access to all these streaming networks.
0: It's just called cable. That, that's what well, that is.
1: Cable's boring. Cable. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Listen, cable is not cool anymore. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to be a Gen Z about this. Cable is very millennial of you.
0: Coming from the, uh, <laughs> the lady that says that she wants to get all of her stuff in one box and she I... could just hit... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm just saying, let's simplify things a little bit, but yeah. But anyway, if you guys haven't watched, check out Ted Lasso. If you want something light, uh, put you in a good mood, uh, you can watch it right after you watch yellowstone because you will need something to take the edge yeah. off for sure
0: after you binge all three seasons in yes. a row yeah,
1: <laughs> you won't stop watching yellowstone but you'll need something to kind of taper it off
0: all right that wraps up the podcast for today you can check us out on all the major streaming platforms uh spotify apple google uh, some ones that i've never even heard of <laughs> like subscribe download we got them all covered thank you guys so much for listening
1: thanks